You're listening to the Soul Align Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and today we are going to be talking about why you're too busy and three ways to create more time for yourself. Do you ever find yourself always saying, I don't have the time, or you're late for everything, or you're forgetting about really important meetings? On the podcast today, I'll explain to you why you feel like you're always chasing time and how you can reclaim some of this most precious asset. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and we will be talking all about deep level self-care practices to help you have success in both your personal and professional life by reducing stress and anxiety and overwhelm, improving your mindset, and creating a strong, loving connection with yourself. I'll see you on the inside. Hello, welcome back to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. Today, I'm talking about why you're too busy. Maybe you know why you're too busy, but I'm going to give you three ways to create more time. How many times have you felt like there's not enough time in the day or you're flying by the seat of your pants? You know, you're late for everything, business meetings, you know, important phone calls, maybe important family moments. Have you ever forgotten somebody's birthday that's really important to you? Because you're just so overloaded and you're so stressed that you you get to a point where you can't seem to do anything right, right? So I've been there. I know what it feels like to be one step behind time. It feels stressful and kind of depleting. It depletes all of your energy. It's, you know, it depletes everything out of it, sucks everything out of your soul. That's the perfect way to explain it. It's soul sucking. That's perfect. The worst part is most of the things we are doing don't really light us up inside. It's not what we really want to be doing in our lives. It's not what we're passionate about. So how do we get to this place, you know, where, you know, we're just so busy and we don't have enough time for the things that we love? Well, for one thing, society praises people who are too busy, so to speak. And I'm using those little, you know, quote, finger movements, you know, as be, you think when you, when you say you're too busy, it's almost like society labels you as being important. And it's kind of a badge of honor to say, you know, when somebody asks you what you've been up to, you say, Oh my goodness, I'm so busy. And you start kind of listing out all the things that you're doing. So it's kind of a badge of honor, right? We never really say, Oh, it's been great. I've just been laying around sitting on my ass. You know, we never really say that, right? We as women are also raised to be giving and caring and nurturing to ask for nothing in return. This is also sort of a badge of honor. How many times have you heard? Oh, she's such a good mother. She's so selfless. Um, or in another scenario, the mom who works is labeled as selfish. Sometimes I can't tell you how many times I've been judged as a single working mom, not being in the right place at the right time. So also as a woman, we're put into so many situations that make it impossible to achieve these societal expectations. Like, you know, they're telling us to be there for our kids, but make sure you're doing your part and earning a living at the same time with a lot of times little to no help from the partner, or maybe you don't even have a partner like myself. 
make sure that you look pretty and you stay young and fit. But at the same time, you also have to take care of those kids and at the same time have a career and be successful, be everything to everyone. Don't be too demanding or you'll be considered a you know what and make sure you speak up for yourself. Don't let people walk all over you. Don't be a doormat either. Right? So it's really impossible to live up to all the expectations. I could keep going for hours with, with different ones. Um, and it, it makes us feel torn and so, so stressed. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there's impossible expectations for men also, but I'm speaking from a woman's point of view that I could speak on pretty good because I'm a woman. So there's definitely expectations from men like be strong and be supportive and be the protector, but at the same time, be able to show your feelings. And then I see women judging men for being both of those things, right? So I see the same thing for men. But today, um, I'm talking about... Well, the things that I'm talking about today on the podcast will be helpful to everybody, but a lot of the examples I gave were from a woman's point of view because, like I said, I'm a woman, right? There should be a whole nother podcast for men, I would think, right? And I bet there is one. So this is how women get to this point. There's an expectation for us to do all the stuff and be all that at the same time, and we actually try to do it. We think it's possible. Now, I'm not saying you can't have everything you want and have success with that. You can, but there's certain steps that you need to take to protect your time and your energy. The first thing I could say if you want to reclaim your time is to change your mindset. Ignore what society wants you to do and be. Disengage from this impossible expectation and just love yourself exactly the way you are and how you do things right now in this moment, no matter how imperfect they might seem to you. Your imperfections are what makes you, you, what makes you special, and nobody else is like that. So embrace that because nobody else has it. Secondly, and also very helpful, is to stop comparing yourself to other women. Oh my God, this is the killer of all dreams, the killer of all motivations. Your situations are different and always will be. There's no other person like you, like I just said. Some people have help, some don't. Some people have support, some don't. It's just never the same situation, so stop treating it like it is. Stop comparing. These two things really do take some time and some reprogramming, but are very possible to do. But on top of that, I also have three other action steps that you can start to implement that can actually help you create more time for yourself and kind of shift the way you spend your time. It takes some guts to do this though, so if you got what it takes, which I bet you do because you're here with me right now, then let's get into it, okay? So the first thing is one of my favorite subjects of all time, uh, decluttering. But it's not just like decluttering um, in the sense of going into your closet and taking stuff out. It is a little bit, but it's not all about that. I always say decluttering the mind, the space, And the processes, the processes are like your standard operating procedures of your life. Like, how do you get ready in the morning? How do you work out? How do you cook dinner? That's that's the processes. So when you declutter all three of these things, you know, we remove all the friction from our lives, all the friction from those situations. We help things flow better. This helps you save a ton of time, but it also reduces your stress load. Decluttering your life just makes everything run smoother. So that's the first step. The second step 
is setting and maintaining boundaries that support the things you love in your life and how you spend your time. Now, I talk a lot about boundaries on this podcast, so be sure to let, you know what, I'll put a couple of them in the show notes so that if you want to move forward and listen to more stuff about decluttering and, and boundaries, I'll have another place that you can go after this. So check it out in the show notes. But I'm sure you've heard of the term no. Like no is a complete sentence. I'm sure you've heard that like a million times. You know, and that has a lot to do with boundaries, being able to say no and not having to explain yourself and that just being the answer, okay? That's a, that's usually said by a person that has really strong boundaries and doesn't have any problem maintaining those boundaries. When you say no to the things that don't serve you in your life, you are then saying yes to the things that do. You're creating the, the time and the space for you to do the things that are important for you. So can you see how decluttering and then also setting and maintaining boundaries can create time for yourself? Those two things alone is enough. Now this last thing is just a fun additive, so to speak, and it's called having a not-to-do list. This is kind of, well, it just is. It's a fun activity. And I'll share a way that you can get a copy of this. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can get a copy of this um, so that you can make your own. But basically... What you're going to do is an audit of the way you spend your time and then deciding your three D's. So you're going to look at how you spend your time every day. And I would kind of suggest doing this over a couple of days because you do different things on different days, right? So just really discover what you're spending your time on and write everything down, even that hour that you spent on TikTok scrolling through everything. Okay, so then you're going to decide what your three D's are. And that's what you want to ditch, what you want to delegate and what you want to do. So yeah, and you actually make a list. You go through everything and you decide. Like the best, I love starting with delegating because you can delegate a lot as long as you're willing to let go of the imperfection of it, right? So like, what do I mean by that? So I'm going to give you a simple example of someone, and I know this from experience because I used to be like this, but someone who can't let go of the perfection so they won't let go of the duty, okay? All right, so Like you could be the type of person like I maybe once was that when I folded the towels, I wanted them to be folded a certain way and I wanted them to put them in my linen closet and have them look all neat and perfect. And I was a single mom with three kids. So this was an impossible expectation for myself. It really was. But if I wanted help with the folding of the towels by one of the the kids, so to speak, they would never look like that. You know, each kid is going to fold the towel differently, even if I show them how I want it to be folded, which is a bit much, right? You know, it's like stepping up that expectation of just folding the towels in the first place. How hard is it to get kids to fold the towel just in the first place? So anyway, so letting go of that expectation and that perfection and just saying, okay, well, my kids took the towels from the laundry basket or from the dryer and kind of folded it and put it in the linen closet and I'm just going to accept that as being done okay so it takes some letting go to kind of delegate sometimes and even when you have a business and you're delegating work in your business sometimes you have to let go of the expectation that that person is going to do everything like you and then you just have to trust the decision that you made of hiring that person to do that job for you and hope that they're going to do the best at their work, right? So it's about letting go of that perfection and then moving forward. And sometimes delegating a task doesn't mean delegating the whole task. So 
as an example with the laundry again. So you might need help with the laundry, but you know that asking your children to fold all of the laundry might be a little bit much, but asking them to just fold the towels, which are basically little rectangles that you're just folding into squares, is it's pretty simple, right? They're not folding the socks and matching them up and folding their brother's and sister's underwear and all these complicated tasks that are just a little too much, right? So maybe you can get some help with certain things and then maybe, you know, maybe the rest you could do yourself, right? So there's different ways to delegate, okay? And then the ditch is things that you really don't want to be doing and don't really have to be getting done, okay? As an example, so um, I always use this as an example um, as a parent. So all my kids are grown now, so I can talk about these things. But I always hated the PTA. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the PTA moms out there. I, I never fit in. I was one of the moms that never fit in, right? So I was, I was a single mom. So right there, a lot of the women didn't like me just because I was single. And then secondly, my schedule was different. And I had a lot of free time because I was self-employed. Right. So I just didn't fit in. All right. And I wasn't treated very kindly. So I never liked the PTA, but I always wanted to be a part of my children's school. Right. I always wanted to be doing stuff. And one of the ways to do that is through the PTA. But then I got to the point where I was just like, this is just not even any fun. This is hard for me to fit into my schedule. My kids were getting older. So that was one of the things I ditched. And then I, I spent that time. I took that time, right? And I did it doing something that was more fun and better spent. So maybe just spending more time with my kids, like taking that time and doing something fun with them instead of going through the process of dealing with these people who weren't very friendly in the first place. So that's a, that's a great way to like ditch something that's just not bringing you any joy or not helping anybody, right? So doing your three Ds, is has, you have to be very creative and, what, and, and doing what you're going to do, try to have everything that's on the do list be something that's you're really passionate about. And if it's something that you just have to do, but you're not super passionate about it, try to figure out ways to just make it work smoother and better. Declutter it, you know, go back to number one and say, how can I declutter this process? And sometimes decluttering a process isn't like getting rid of it. It's just about looking at how you're doing it, doing it and like um, removing any friction, any friction from it. So I always use the example of my, you know, my morning routine as uh, decluttering a process. Okay. So I hate doing the dishes and there's times when I don't do the dishes at night and then I wake up in the morning. Uh, I have no one to blame anymore because all my kids are out of the house and it's just me. So if there's dishes in the sink, it's a hundred percent my fault. And I can't tell you how much I hate getting up, walking into the kitchen to make my coffee and having a you know, a whole sink full of dirty dishes. It just makes me feel like crap. And so I, and then I want to make my coffee. That's the only thing I really want to do is have my coffee. And so before I can even think about making my coffee, I have to clear the sink. And then sometimes I even have to wash the coffee, the coffee pot, excuse me, because I, you know, I, I didn't do that either. Right. So one way I can declutter this process is always make sure I do my dishes at night right? And then set my coffee pot up. So I just press a button. Now I could set a timer on my coffee pot, but I choose not to because I wake up at a different time every day. Okay. So I just set it all up. And then all I have to do is walk into the kitchen and press a button. Okay. So can you see the difference between waking up to the, you know, the dirty dishes 
and then waking up and walking into my kitchen and pressing the button and having a cup of coffee in 10 minutes, okay? So those are two different ways to start your morning. And when you declutter your processes, you just make them more pleasant, okay? So all these things kind of work together, the not to-do list, the decluttering, and the boundaries, right? They all kind of work together. But using all three of them can create so much time in your life. Yes, it takes some upfront work to get this stuff done, but it's magical once you get it done and and you have it working smoothly. So by making a couple of mindset shifts and doing these three actions, you can slowly shift the way that you're spending your time and create more of it to do the things in life that are not just important to you, but also bring you and your loved ones closer to the life experience that you want to have every day. Now, I go over all these topics in section one of the Soul Aligned Self-Care Method, Expanding Your Mind, which you can learn more about in the Soul Aligned Self-Care Bootcamp. To learn more about that, you could just go into the show notes. I'll have a link there for you. But until next week, remember to always add deep level self-care into every day of your life. I'll see you next week.